The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, on this Monday, Tuesday, Monday. I'm already feeling like it's Monday, Tuesday. All right, I got thrown off because there's like, this weather still acting funky. Hope everybody is staying safe, driving safe. There's like a bunch of traffic stuff going on. I know the poly was closed because there is a rock slide. I believe this morning, I saw an alert about half an hour ago via Hawaii News Now that all eastbound lanes are closed on Kapiolani Boulevard at Ward Avenue due to a down traffic light. Stalled vehicles everywhere, and there's a wind advisory extended until 6 p.m. with gusts up to 55 miles an hour and strong winds expected through Thursday. So this crazy, um, non-traditional Hawaii weather weather that we've been having for like what feels like a month now is doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. But at the end of the day, please drive safe and yeah, just be careful out there and and smile. I'm the <laughs> I'm no weatherman, but I, I think I thought I swore I heard them say these sh- these stiff winds, these strong winds are going to last all the way through like this weekend. This weekend? Yeah. Oh. Which yeah, I, I mean, I don't just mind. Said like, Thursday, but man. I, I heard it was this weekend, but I, I it, it could have, they could have changed the, you know, the, the forecast here and made it, you know, ending earlier. But I'll tell you what, at my house, because we live on top of Leva, it is. I swear, I think my house is going to blow down. It's so strong. It just shakes. It rattles the house, but it is freezing up there. Oh I think gosh. last night got into the either the low 60s. I don't think it reached the 50s like a couple winters ago, but it was freezing up at the at the house yeah, the, today. The wind's been crazy in the condo I live in. You can tell when like the you just hear the wind. And yesterday, when the like some not not crazy rain started coming down, but some the rain was basically moving sideways <laughs> because yeah. it was so windy. So we're looking outside our window like, uh, why is the rain going sideways? You know, it, it's all it's, it's often like at an angle, but nope, it was like pretty much just going sideways yesterday. And it, yeah, again, it's crazy out there. But everyone, please take care and drive safe. Um, today, talking a lot of NFL as we have the NFL Combine happening. And also, just we didn't get to a lot of the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of ha- everything happening in Major League Baseball. So hopefully we'll get to that a little later in the show. But um, that's why I got thrown off with, you know, thinking it was Monday because I saw some breaking news Coming out just, it was maybe around an hour ago, but as it pertains to all of our Hawaii fans, the Atlanta Falcons have released quarterback Marcus Mariota in a move to both free up more salary cap space and move on from a player who lost his starting position. Mariota started the first 13 games of the 2022 season for the Falcons before being benched at the bye for rookie Desmond Ritter, who started the final four games. We talked about it when it kind of happened that to me, if you take the emotional, you know, yay, we're cheering for the Hawaii boy side out of everything. It was a very smart move for the Atlanta Falcons to do that at that point because they want to see what Desmond Ritter looked like in real NFL games because he had only played in the preseason. So it'll give them a better outlook on what they will need in the draft, whether they can stick with Ritter for at least a season as their starting quarterback, maybe go after some of the ones in free agency or 
take a chance and draft a new guy. So at that time, it was it was a relatively smart move for that organization. Um, Marcus Mariota left the team to have the procedure done on his knee and was placed on IR. And by cutting him, Atlanta saved $12 million on its cap for 2023. The Falcons already have the second most cap space in the league at a little over $56 million before the move. So this is huge. Mariota's release will incur a $2.5 million dead money hit, though, for the Falcons. But considering that he was not going to be in line to compete for the starting job, moving on before the team had to pay him a $3 million roster bonus on the fifth day of the 2023 league year made sense. Again, it kind of it sucks because we always want to cheer for our Hawaii guys in the league and any league. But from you take that emotional side out of it. And, you know, this is totally a really, really wise business decision for the organization as they try to really rebuild. I mean, just moving on from what feels like even though it was before last season from Matt Ryan and the Super Bowl being so close to a Super Bowl and then yet so far and watching it drift slowly away thanks to Tom Brady. <laughs> but again, if you're if you're a Falcons fan, like our friend Matthias Burbell out there in California, if you're a Falcons fan, this makes complete sense. And you know what? Like if I were a fan, I'd I'd actually be pretty stoked because it just it makes too much business sense to do this again because he wasn't going to even compete for the starting job so there's no sense in yeah there it's two and a half million in dead cap space which basically means that money counts against their cap even though player is no longer with the team but it's still less money than if he were to be with the team now their general manager today in a news conference at the NFL scouting combine said Quotes, we really appreciate Marcus and all the things he did while he was here. Personally, professionally, great man. We've had great communication with both he and his agent, Ryan Tolner, throughout the process. And we just believe we're doing what's best for the team at this time, but appreciate him and what he did when he was here. So after one year, Marcus Mariota no longer with the Atlanta Falcons. So again, saw that come over right before we jumped on. So it threw me off on what day it was. This jumping on saying it was Monday, but it's Tuesday. <laughs> I, I think like it's hard though as fans, right? Fans of Marcus, fans of, of those that come come from the state of Hawaii. It's hard for us to think of it from a business sense because business wise, it's the perfect move for Atlanta. Two and a half, you'll take two and a half million dead cap space all day, every day. Over, I, I think probably would have been in the a lot more. I don't know the twelve exact, million. Yeah, it would have been twelve million. By cutting and, and, him, yeah. So, I, it, it's 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 a smart, smart, smart move. And I think for Marcus too, it's 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 you have to look at it, it. It's fair to Marcus as well. Like if if your dream is to still be a starter, then this this gives you the opportunity to go find a team that might need one or might give you at least a shot. Right? Not maybe guaranteed, but with the the guarantee wasn't there for Atlanta. And, and nor was the shot. So it, it makes sense on all fronts. So even if you're a fan of Marcus, understand, like, this is his opportunity now to go find a team that maybe might have a sliver. And and when it comes to Marcus, I'm not I'm not talking trash or anything. It's it's a sliver of a chance to start again in the NFL. I, I think that time has passed. And I, I think from here on out, it, it's just a it's just a matter of find a team that needs a solid backup and, and be OK with making a couple mil a year. Just 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 being there. Um Really, I, dude, that'd be the best move ever. Or honestly, you know what? 
I mean, the XFL is here. And I only say that because AJ McCarron, who oh, was like so this well. all-star in college, tried to make it in the NFL, you know, was basically riding the bench for his time. And he, he came out and said that he wanted to play in the XFL and take essentially less money. Because even if you're a starter in the XFL, you still make significantly less than if you were on the bench in the NFL. But his priority and what was important to him was to be able to actually play and for his son his sons and his kids and of course his wife to be able to cheer on their dad watch him play so that's something too for Marcus you know if if it's more about the money then sure you can be a bench player and because I think I do I I know I I know I know Hawaii people will hate me for saying this but I think his his starting window has closed unless there's some kind of miraculous thing that he shows in some kind of workout I think it I think it's done Uh, but he is still he would still be a very very valuable backup quarterback somewhere and again so it'll just be up to him if he wants to play or maybe he's just done like maybe he just doesn't want to play football he's a brand new father you know that changes people as well so he's made a significant amount of money he most than any of us will ever see he still has a lot of his health uh he's definitely haven't hasn't had fortunately hasn't had the type of brain injuries that we've seen anyways that you know fellow Hawaii quarterback to Tango Vailoa has had this past season so by all accounts, he's still very healthy if you are in a normal, everyday person type of living, right? Like, maybe he's injury-wise, of course, again, had was on IR, suffered some things, had to have surgery. But, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. And, and if play, if getting in the game and actually playing football is important, and I, I think that would be pretty cool. Imagine, like, how many fa- – imagine if he was on, like, the Vegas Vipers. I knew you were going to say that thing. <laughs> Come on, Marcus. You're, you're looking Marcus, for any come excuse, to the Vegas like, Vipers. You are looking for any excuse to just jump on the Vegas bandwagon. Hey, I told you. And the, the colors and the scheme is exactly what my class, uh, quote, mask, class mascot, class, I don't know, animal. Your class colors. Animal and colors were when I was in high school because every class had like their animal and their colors. And ours was the Vipers and we were like red and black or red and silver or something. So... Come on over to the Vegas Vipers, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I, I think it's a smart move. Um, you know, I like what AJ McCarron did too. Uh, he took the less money just to play, to like you said, to let his make sure his kids got to see him play, and also his wife. And 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 I I think at this point, the money aside, because again, you, you stated he's already made enough, and he has really in the NFL at this point. It's it, do you want to play? And if you don't want to play, are you willing to be away from your family? To sit there, week in week out, and not be around for your 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 child's you know pretty most impressionable years, and and I'm going through that now. You know, even with just regular work, like I miss a lot. And so imagine if you're a, a professional athlete. Now you're like at least I come home. These guys aren't coming mm-hmm. home for weeks at a time uh, if they're on the road. And so. Um, you know, FaceTime can only do so much or whatever video chat form you use, uh, depending on what device you have. So, you know, if he wants to play, I, I, I think it comes to that. If I'm if I'm Marcus and I'm not saying it by any means I am, but if I'm Marcus, I'm going the XFL route because I know I'll play and that makes it worth it. OK, like this is my shot to like just play one more time and actually play legitimate minutes to make me not being home worth it. Mm hmm. But if you're asking me not to be around for my child just to sit there and in hopes of holding on to a dream of saying I'm an NFL player, but I ride the bench, 
I don't know if that's worth it for me, especially when I've made enough money, you know, to last a lifetime. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, the XFL is still paying players, and it's still it's still good money. Yeah, it's still decent money enough to still like, more than I'm making. Yeah, that's why more than this average person can make, <laughs> and you get to play the game. So I, I I'm curious to see again. This is just coming out this morning. Now that the NFL Combine is going to happen this week, this Thursday through Sunday, but they're starting to have all of their press conferences. And it was funny the show before us with the Lombardi line, and they were saying, you know, the this is when the non-tampering tampering happens <laughs> during this week because everyone's in one place, and you're kind of like there's still some free agency stuff going on, and everyone especially needs a quarterback. So <laughs> this is the interesting week. Did you see the bomb though? I think it was maybe might have been yesterday it was released. Speaking of the combine, I, you just brought it up, so it, it made me go like light bulb. Did you see the bombshell of the uh, Leslie Fla- Frazier, the DC for the Bills? No, he's gonna step away for a year. Why? He he wants to take a step back. He doesn't want to retire. He just doesn't want to coach this year. He's gonna take a step back. He announced it. I think it was either this morning or yesterday they announced it at the at the as they prepare for the combine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I mean he's a, he's got a top six defense. He's in charge of. Well, just like we've been saying all along, that even more so, the Bills window, sorry Bills fans, has now even more so has been coming to a close in there. They've reached the peak last season and unfortunately, or not last season, but I guess two the previous, yeah, two seasons ago, they reached the peak. Unfortunately, got screwed over by the overtime rules at that time. Then they changed it and this season it didn't really matter as much. Uh, but... When we come back, we will continue our conversation because as we talked about Marcus being released, another quarterback to be released is Carson Wentz of the Washington Commanders, which that move also saves Washington $26.1 million on the salary cap this offseason. But it's interesting because something we haven't really dived into, their new offensive coordinator over there for the Commanders and former OC for Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy is over there too. So we'll talk about all of that and who I blame for Eric Bieniemy not getting his head coaching job yet. When we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Party started, Alan. Actually, the party is already here. Anytime I step in the room. <laughs> Get this party started every weekday morning at 8 a.m. right here on Wake Up in the Den on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. That's just bad. It's always a party. That's what? Just, that's just bad. That's one of the top songs of the, what, 2090s? Late 90s, early 2000s? No, that wasn't 90s. 90s didn't produce music like that. That's why I said late 90s. No. Early 2000s. That's got to be 2010s. No. When I was looking, right, I was on. like, Pink. Pink, Pink's what, what first that, record. What, that's that our called? first one, the um, Get This Party Started. Get the party started. All right, here we go. What do you, What year do you say? I don't know, early 2000s. Early 2000s. All right, here we go. <laughs> Going down this rabbit hole. Oh, we promise we'll get back to sports. 2001. I told you. Boom. Alan trying to second guess my music knowledge well, over but here. But that still doesn't make it 90s. So. Yeah, but I yeah. said late 90s or early 2000s. Early 2000s. See? 2001. And 2001 definitely counts as like where you mix, you can mix it up in the late 90s, early 2000s. Not like it's like 2005 and later. Then you're, you're talking about like the mid. Anyways, yeah. 
get this party started every weekday morning. <laughs> you don't even sound convincing on that. What? <laughs> Everyone knows it's it's a party. Uh. <laughs> Maybe I just haven't had enough coffee. The day drink of choice. So was the coffee, and I, you know, big ups real quickly if I'm black. May. Black coffee. Big ups to my uh, Starbucks crew I always go to. They um, Before I walked in, they told me, Alan, we started a pour over for you today. Usually, it's, I just get there. <laughs> so I was like, thanks. Those are awesome. <laughs> hey, shout out to all the shout boys. Out, shout out to Kamehameha Shopping Center, Woo. Starbucks. Because <laughs> oh, usually, I just get the, the brewer, right? Yeah. The one out the brewer. But they started a pour over for me today. <laughs> And what's a pour over? Pour over is when you have the filter and you take the go- gooseneck, as it's called, oh. and then you just slowly go in circles around it, and it's a drip coffee, but it's a lot smoother, a lot bolder. Ooh, yeah, and and they, and they him. yeah, and then well, I usually do it at home, right? Mm. Um, but usually to get it at like a, a a coffee shop or wherever you go to get coffee, it just takes a while. So Almost norm- like a French press. Yeah, so normally you, you don't wait. do it. Yeah. See, I love French presses, too. Oh, so delicious. Yeah. I have my own at home, too. Oh, now I want to go make coffee. <laughs> Please tell me you only drink your French press black, though. Yes. No, okay. everything is just straight black. Okay. Like, like, let's, let's. Like your let's, soul. Oh, yeah. Wow. No. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that's tough. Ouch. I'm just kidding. Usually no. usually that's a joke I say for myself when anyone ever asks, like, oh, you need cream or sugar. I'm like, no, I just drink it black like my soul. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. I so I used to always put cream and sugar in my my coffee, and then I went to Europe one time. Just quick story. I went to Europe one time, and in Europe they don't have cream like half and half. They use milk. Yeah. And and so um, if you've ever had coffee with milk, it's absolutely god awful. And so I tried it one time. I, we were in Liverpool because that was part of our trip. Was I was going to Anfield to watch Liverpool play. So, um, and uh, I ordered coffee, and they were like, do you want cream and sugar? Or, you know, and I said, yeah, sure, I'll take cream and sugar. But they brought out milk, and I tried it. It was disgusting. So that whole trip, which was like a two-week two week trip between uh, Liverpool, London, and then a cruise, a river cruise through Europe, um, I had to learn how to drink it black because before I didn't like black coffee. But then after those two yeah. weeks of constantly just drinking it black, I can't go back. Oh. So like I I love just the taste of black coffee. I can't imagine it with with cream and sugar because yeah. there's no point in drinking coffee if you're gonna mask that taste. Well, there's no point. I can understand like if you go like to the like gas station stores, you know, where it's not exactly it's coffee that's been sitting. So I can understand like if people want to spruce that up a little well, bit some, like burnt coffee but, taste which is the yeah, ones you but sit, like, like sit if you're in, going to like get legit coffee like you know straight like the fresh kind from starbucks or a french press then yeah it's it's black coffee or bus but every now and then you know when i when it's the holiday season i'm not n- necessarily like the i'm nowhere near pumpkin spice latte type of person but if i want a little bit of flavor i usually get like a black coffee and then i put like just a splash of like um what is it? Like 2% milk. And then I put a little sprinkle of cinnamon. And that's kind of like my, oh, it's the holiday season me... type of coffee. But I started drinking black oh. coffee after um, I worked at Starbucks. And then you realize how much sugar yes. is in these yes. frappuccinos. And then how much sugar goes into these coffees. And then I just kind of, and then I learned more about the coffees when I was at Starbucks. And you have an appreciation for it. And then, yeah. So, so ever let me... since I was like, 
when is that? Early 20s, I think? Let me say this one time. Make no mistake about it. One time only. You ever drink a pumpkin spice latte? <laughs> I will never help you ever again. We're done. <laughs> and you know me. I'm a Virgo. You're dead to me. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're Virgos. I can do this. <laughs> I can cut you out of my life completely. <laughs> what did pumpkin spice latte ever do to you? <laughs> Don't be that person. Anyways. We've taught you better. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> We're going to get back on track now because we got to get back to football. We apologize, people. Thank you for being with us. I told you it started from talking about being a party. It's a, And then it was a coffee party. Now we'll get back on track to our football party. All right. If you missed uh, the beginning of this show, Marcus Mariota has been released by the Atlanta Falcons. If you want to hear the detailed discussion about that, you can catch this show on demand later on on HawaiiSportsRadio.com or wherever you download most of your podcasts. Um, and then before we took the break, we talked about how the commanders actually released quarterback Carson Wentz yesterday, which saves Washington just over $26 million on the salary cap this offseason. Wentz had two years remaining on his contract, but had no guaranteed money. So that's a huge thing for them as well. But the bigger thing, too, which we haven't really talked about on this show is, I mean, that's kind of like more of a blank slate for the commander's new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, formerly with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was hired by the commanders and will also carry assistant coach title on Ron Rivera's staff. So now the search begins for a new quarterback. Washington does have the 16th overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft. But, and one thing that, you know, when everything was going on about him not getting hired, I was like, yeah, he never really... I never really hear him talk to the media at all, but now he's been coming out. He actually had a, he joined NFL insider Adam Schefter, uh, who kind of asked him about like, all right, when did you know that your time was done in Kansas City? And this is what Eric Bieniemy had to say. When did you know in your mind that it was going to be your last season in Kansas City? Because there was a lot of chatter <laughs> leading up to the Super Bowl in the playoffs that it was time for you to go seek a new challenge. Do you know this going into the season? Do you know it during the season? Do you know it at the end of the season? So I guess I could talk about this now. I knew going into the season, me and coach, we've talked about this for years. And the thing was, he was like, EB, I don't want to feel like I'm holding you back. And I said, coach, you're not holding me back because this is a special place. Mm -hmm. And he said, you don't have to leave. He's always wanted me to stick around. That's the thing about it. I was always welcome to come back, but he knows me. <laughs> you know, Eric is always looking for a challenge. Eric is always looking for a journey that's going to uh, help him to seek uh, a different way of doing things, but also to helping me to grow. And that way I can help the, 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 my circle of people to grow and expand as well. It, it was a hell of a year. It was a great challenge, but on top of that, it was a lot of fun. And it was winning that last game kind of put the icing on the cake and it was an emotional moment. And so I've known for a while and, but, but that was something between me and coach. It was nothing that was discussed with any of our other coaches. Okay. And it was just us. And the thing about it, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't a distraction for anyone else. No one else needed to know. 
And I just wanted to make sure that we went about our business the way we do it every single day without distracting anyone from seeking the prize. But you knew that this was going to be your last year in Kansas City in all probability at the beginning of the season. Yes. And there you go again. That was Eric Bieniemy. A little conversation there with NFL insider Adam Schefter. You can... Adam Schefter has a podcast to which there's like a full interview. Again, you can get that wherever you get most podcasts as well. But knowing, as he said, that this was going to be the last year at Kansas City, wanting to look for a new challenge. Um, This season, when I kind of went down, you know, like to see, he, he did like apply or got interviewed like 16 times prior to this, like this season for head coaching opportunities. This past season, I believe he only got interviewed, meaning I'm assuming he only applied for the head coaching position for the coach or the Colts, which hired Shane Steichen, you know, 37 year old Eagles OC and coaching in the NFL since 2011. Uh, Other, just to kind of recap the coaches, head coaches that got hired this off season for the NFL, the Cardinals, Hired Jonathan Gannon, a former Eagles DC, which was is kind of suspect because he was very bad in the Super Bowl. Um, the Panthers hired Frank Reich, former Colts head coach, who was fired midway through the season. And of course, the Broncos hired Sean Payton. Yes, that Sean Payton, who won a Super Bowl and coached for a long time with the New Orleans Saints. And D'Amico Ryans, formerly with the 49ers as their defensive coordinator, got hired by the Texans, which I don't really like that move because that's where your coaching career goes to die, is in Houston, as what we've seen in the past few years. So now Eric Bieniemy goes over and wants a challenge, knowing that he was done in Kansas City wants to go over, be the OC for the Commanders. At least he does carry that direct assistant coaching title to Ron Rivera's staff. So maybe how I kind of referred to before, like he would take over the helm in Kansas City if this, uh, obviously before he realized this all came out that this past season was going to be his last. But, you know, I kind of threw it out there. Maybe he wants to, Andy Reid said he's going to be done soon and then he can just slide in and Obviously, yes, you got to go through interviews and whatever, but slide into that head coaching position there. Maybe this is a chance for him to finally prove himself. And I know everyone's like, Eric Bieniemy shouldn't have to prove himself, yada, 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 yada. I get that. I do. I don't like because we've seen a lot of minority head coaches be hired. Is, is there a diversity problem? Has there been for a long time in the NFL? Yes. But I think automatically jumping to the fact that Eric Bieniemy not getting hired as a head coach because of the color of his skin is a bit lazy in terms of really trying to figure out what is going on because we've seen again minority head coaches get hired within the past few years you know most recently or a couple most recently who has found success you have Robert Saleh over there with the New York Jets and this year you have D'Amico Ryans getting hired as well for the Texans and the Texans essentially hiring and firing one-year head coaches but for the most part they're like to me I'm like that's just weird to me that Eric Bieniemy wasn't getting hired and again I didn't want to be automatically just blame oh he's just not getting hired because of the color of his skin because to me if you're that good at your job the NFL execs maybe not on every team because I do still think some places have a problem 
which is kind of ironic that he goes over to the commanders because they are the biggest bleep show right now. <laughs> so And they got but, another lawsuit coming their way. Yeah, apparently. but I don't think that it's that. And Alan kind of joked in between while that interview was going on because I brought it up before. Maybe he's just not a good interviewer because up until recently, I've never really heard him speak publicly you know so I don't know what he sounds like how he commands a room which is what you need from a head coach of an NFL franchise so I was I would kind of say that too maybe he's just not a good interviewer or maybe there has to be something else but Alan joked during the interview when we heard it about him referring to himself in the third person make no mistake about it there's only one person that can ever refer to themselves in 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 third person and I'd be okay with it and that's Ricky Henderson you mean Ricky Bobby? <laughs> Ricky Henderson is the only one. Maybe Ricky Bobby too, but but Ricky Henderson. But you're right. We haven't heard much of Eric Bieniemy do interviews or any kind of like media hits. Well, Adam Schefter gets the gem right there, and I didn't like what I heard, and that's referring himself in the third person because does he do that in interviews? I mean, this is this. So so people go like, well, this is media. He's doing a uh, he's doing a one on one interview media wise. He's not interviewing for a job. They're one in the same, if, yeah. if you really think about it. Because if you're it like let's say, okay, let's say you're Adam Schefter, I'm talking to you. I know this is going out to the masses now. I know this is gonna be cut up in every every which way, dissected every which way. And now it's not just executives, now it's public opinion, right? And you refer to yourself in third person. Does he do that in any sense, any way, shape, or form in an actual interview with executives trying to become a head coach? If he does, Okay, I would say maybe you're right on that standpoint. He isn't a good interview. But that shouldn't derail his ability to become a head coach because I think he has the credentials. I think he's earned the right to be a head coach. Um, I, what I what I fear is going to Washington as his next challenge. There's so many things going on off, off the field with that organization. And I know there's rumors. Will Amazon owner Jeff Bezos become an owner and would Washington be the team he gets? I know you're kind of a fan of that idea or that's something you've been kind of. I'm just following it because it's uh, it's entertaining watching, again, billionaires fight amongst themselves. Yeah. And, and, and that's actually what the billionaires are doing right now, uh, the the three uh, billionaire owners of the, the Washington Redskins. Yeah. So there's. Again, so we talked about the interview, like maybe his lack of interview skills, but there is one big piece that I blame. So we got to step aside and we'll talk about that or continue this conversation when we come back on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Wake up in the den with Kuale Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Can you tell that I went a little, had a little fun with the, like I said, like 90s, early 2000s kind of playlist going on? It's kind of funny. I was hoping you were actually going to do this, though, because on the way in, I heard a song I haven't heard in a long time, En Vogue. Yeah. I heard an En Vogue song on the way in. I was like, that'd be a good, today'd be a good day for some 90s yeah, throwback, early 2000s. I'm feeling it. We're changing up the music here. We like to have a little fun. Again, always getting the party started weekday mornings. At 8 a.m. on Wake Up in the Den for all of you, the beautifulest of all, the beautiful people. Again, it's Wake Up in the Den, Kule, Ugbayani, Alan, Mia. Uh, We (laughs) got a little off track in the previous segment because we had to talk about coffee. So switch gears back on track to NFL and need to finish kind of like my thought on the whole Eric Biennemi thing and who I blame 
for the lack of head coaching opportunity because, as I mentioned before, I don't like automatically going to just assuming that it's the color of his skin because we've seen other coaches of color get head coaching positions within the last like few years. Yes, are there still diversity issues and probably racism in organizations? A hundred percent, unfortunately, but I don't like always going to that reasoning every time someone is like doesn't get a position. Maybe it's just because of me, like how I like experience this world. And I personally never like to always, even though I know like sometimes it was true, I never like to use that as an excuse for myself in terms of like, oh, I because you're a Some, minority female. Not only that, a female or when I, you know, when I was younger, it's like, oh, she's young. So what does she know about like business or doing all this stuff? Oh, oh, she's pretty. So she's not that smart because, you know, she didn't have to work as hard, all of that stuff. So I, I, I never like to always just go back to the easy reasoning slash excuse as to why someone doesn't get Fire something. Wonder, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, so I, I was kind of thinking about it because and this happened because going back now, so Filling that open or what was the open position of the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs is their former offensive coordinator before Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy. So, oh, your so favorite thing, guy. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? When so when Matt Nagy got that job, I don't know. It was like a light bulb that went off for me. I was like, you know what? Maybe it. And again, this is just my own personal opinion. Obviously, I'm not no NFL insider or anything. Don't know all the inner workings, and really nobody really does know know all the inner workings of everything that goes on. But from my standpoint, I'm like, aside from you know, who knows if he is a genuinely a good interviewer or not. But I'm like, maybe teams were a little worried to take a chance on him because well one there were talks about how he didn't call plays you know Andy Reid calls the plays I'm, I'm referring back to Eric Bieniemy. he didn't call the plays Andy Reid did and of course you have all of your national people like oh all these people got jobs because they didn't they didn't even call plays either one being Matt Nagy who he was the OC for well first he was the quarterbacks coach at Kansas City for a couple of years and he got promoted to offensive coordinator for a couple of seasons and then he got hired by the Chicago Bears in 2018 as their head coach and he did call plays actually for the back half of the 2017 season unfortunately they in the playoff they'd made the playoffs they lost to the Titans and he had called plays in that game as well because Andy Reid there was they like started i believe it was like Five and one, and then they went on this losing streak. So then Matt Nagy called the plays for like the last few games or five or so games of that season. So, anyways, so Matt Nagy gets hired by the Chicago Bears, has a great first season, partially because I think Vic Fangio, who was the defensive coordinator at that time, is awesome. He gets hired by the Broncos after one season. Doesn't do well at the Broncos, but he gets hired away from Chicago. And obviously, Chicago had just an amazing quarterback in Mitch Trubisky <laughs> while Matt Nagy was there. And Matt Nagy, so just to backtrack, though, Matt Nagy was there when it was Alex Smith as the starting quarterback. Patrick Mahomes had gotten selected in the draft, but the starting quarterback at that time was Alex Smith, but they had still a very, very good and competitive team. So you still had a lot more to work with than Mitch Trubisky and not a whole lot of talent for the Chicago Bears. But either way, after the 
a very, very good, solid 2018 season. They pretty much failed miserably after that. And Matt Nagy could not adapt to the players that he had on the field. He didn't know how to adjust to having like not that good of a quarterback. And actually, he should have ran Mitch Trubisky more. It was it was it was absurd. Like it was just brutal to watch as a Chicago Bears fan. So Matt Nagy fails miserably after he transitions. As as we've said, sometimes coordinators don't always make the best head coaches. That's what happened to Matt Nagy. So maybe because he, yeah, he called plays for a little while, but not the entire time as it it has been and it continues to be Andy Reid. So he is who I blame for, again, just thinking outside of the box where teams are like, You're saying All he right. ruined everyone else's chance because Matt Nagy, they took a flyer on, on Andy Reid's OC and it didn't work out, so now Eric Bieniemy's next man up, and they just don't want to go that route because they feel like, all right, maybe Andy Reid really is, is the, the brains behind the operation, and are we going to take a chance on another OC after we immediately saw one try and fail? <laughs> but yeah, obviously, but I, he's but good I, enough as a quarterbacks coach because he's getting hired back again in the OC position again. Though Andy Reid will continue to call the plays, but. Maybe that's just, a, and again, this is, I don't know, but I, I'm trying to, to like paint all pictures instead of just going and falling back on Eric Bieniemy. It's just because of the color of his skin, because all accounts and purposes, he should have a head coaching job and he doesn't. I, I you know, I don't disagree with that theory. I, I think there's truth to that. And I, I think you, and I think you see that more widely than, than playing maybe the race card is simply, well, we gave like a former, you know, your predecessor a chance. And it, and it failed. So why are we going to go that, you know, what's what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting yeah. different results. But I, I think also for Eric Bieniemy, the thing for me is Eric Bieniemy has been a winner wherever he's gone, you know, from from when he was in college to, to being a coach in college and to the NFL ranks. He's, he's just had success everywhere he's gone. So I, I think it's a, co- a combination of, again, maybe a bad interview. Don't know for sure. But based on that interview with Chef, he sounds like he's well-spoken, but just – there's some things that like third person referrals doesn't doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Um, and then maybe it's, it's the, like what you just said, Matt Nagy going and, and kind of ruining that for every OC to come out underneath, uh, um, Andy Reed. And then, but then I just, for me, the thing that worries me is like, okay, if, if now, if I'm Eric B and me and I'm trying to make my mark there to say, you know what? It's not Andy Reed. It's me. Yeah. I get the challenge at Washington. It's just not the place I'm going. There's so many distractions there where the on-field product is, is going to be a byproduct of what's going on on the outside. I think you're set up to fail. And and that's not the light you well, want. Well, no, that's Houston. Well, I, I think <laughs> Washington. Well, he I, wisely didn't go to well, Houston no, and I, and like I Puerto Rico, Ryan. But, but, I, but I think Washington's in that, 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 that space too. But actually, if I'm Eric Bieniemy. I wouldn't mind going with D'Amico Ryans. You got a a, a strong defensive-minded coach with a great offensive-minded coach in Eric Bieniemy. I think that's a match made in heaven, and that bolsters your ability to go elsewhere uh, after this. I meant head coach at the Texans. That's where right, I right. But I up. but I think if you're going to take a see again, we talk about okay, he went he did a lateral move. You know what I mean? Well, he no, went OC because to OC. now he's more of like the but he's he more in control assistant coach title now. Which, by the way, I will disagree with you where he's been a winner every time because the last time he held the assistant coach title or assistant head coach title was with the Vikings in 2010, and they went six and ten that season. <laughs> so, is that really his? 
No, but I'm saying like, I got, I he, know did, he wasn't a winner everywhere. And the last time he was in this elevated position. So I don't know. People. What I'm saying be, is you're not you're not that six and ten season for the Vikings. You're not going like, yeah, that was all Eric Bannamy. I know that dude sucked. I know. But you I'm know just I mean? saying I'm, I'm, I'm basically I want to be truthful to the beautiful. Wasn't people that Mike that he Zimmerman? Wasn't, he wasn't a winner everywhere. <laughs> wasn't that Mike Zimmerman, though? I think so. Zims, you suck. No, she can't. Assistant head coach. One last thing, too. When I kind of look through this, you know, the coaches that got hired this year, and you could look at some of the ages of a lot of them as well. You have Jonathan Gannon, who is 40. Eric Bannamy, by the way, is 53. Uh, obviously, Sean Payton, he's a little older, but he has the stacked resume. D'Amico Ryans is 38. Shane Steichen for the Colts is 37. And you only have Frank Reich, who also has an extensive resume at 61. So some of these... Another theory I have is a lot of these teams are trying to find like the next Sean McVay, basically. You know, who's the next young forward thinking guy that we can get to be the next Sean McVay and rebuild the whatever franchise we have. So that was my other separate theory in terms of, hmm, it looks like a lot of these head coaching positions are going to a lot of these younger up and coming or like coordinators coordinators that we've seen. So I'll leave all of you beautiful people with that. And that was fun. <laughs> we'll be back. Wrap up with now we will for real while wrap up with Major League Baseball. <laughs> Next on Wake Up in the Den. Peace up. Peace Eight up. Town Den. Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 Yeah. This is the ultimate party jam. Like Peace up, A Town. <laughs> As Alan shaking his head, dance just, party. No, like, Sports Radio Network, dance party. I actually don't In mind the this song. It's just, it's just guy. Okay, here's here's the thing that gets me is like guys like like Little John, for example. Just just as an example, like his his ability just to go yeah made him a multi millionaire. <laughs> Well, he's a producer too. Well, I get, I know that, but I'm just, I'm just saying. That's, but people wouldn't have known he's the producer on a lot of songs. It's because he started coming out and doing his own thing. It doesn't going, matter. Yeah. That's what happened to Neo. Everyone's like, man, where it happened to Neo? It's because he's like, wow, I can make a lot of money just writing songs and producing. I don't need to go out and perform. I can just sit back and well, relax. People know Neo now from what's that? Uh, America's Best Dance Group. What, what's what? What show is he on? He's the judge. <laughs> The one with J Lo, J Lo, and um, uh, the like brother, the, the, the brother, the, you world. know, like the brother and the sister. Yeah, yeah. Lauren watches that show. Yeah, some dance world, dance. I don't it's know, like dance crew something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's where I know Neo from because of that. Uh, I'm sure that's where a lot of the young kids do. But again, he only takes like the quote unquote easy gigs i mean kudos to him like he doesn't have to again he doesn't have to go out and actually sing the songs and go on tour and all of that stuff i know he is that's why it's kind of unfortunate but hey he's all about i'm just gonna write stuff just like little john like let me just say yeah and make it cool and produce songs and have the easy job he's one of my friends though because you know he's a golden knights fan and i've seen him before and just like flavor flav oh he's one of your he's (laughs) He's one one of my friends (laughs) It's one of my Las Vegas Golden Knights friends. Your first name basis when you go there? <laughs> no. Some Not more. him, Lil John. Oh, Lil John. 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 No, no, even Lil John. No, his What's name up? is Frederick. No, I don't know. It's just like Fred. <laughs> Fred, my man. 
Long time no see. <laughs> and he, 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 <laughs> that would be crazy, right? Like, if you know him as just like a friend, and like, what if he like spoke like super like eloquently, and you're just like, he's like, hey, cool, eh? And his name's Fred or something. Yeah, he's like, hey, cool, eh? How's it going today? How's it going today? How's your family? Yeah. Haven't seen them in a while. That'd be crazy. I was thinking about that, like when he hears, like, because they have that persona to upkeep when they're in the public, and then, <laughs> like, just like Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Snoop Dogg's probably just like, Chilling and Mr. Businessman behind the scenes. No, 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 no. A dude's too baked. <laughs> and now we don't get to say, talk about I didn't baseball. Say he wasn't doing that. Oh, this is what, see, this is the good and bad thing about when we throw in new music to the show because then we just talk start talking about the songs. But you think Snoop Dogg is literally like eloquent? I don't. I, I, and I honest, I don't think Lil John is either. I think Lil John is pretty close to what his public persona is. I was just saying that it would be funny if like some of these these guys that were like had this image, <laughs> like the Lil John, and then you talk to them. Like, I'm like, hey, hello. Hello. What are you doing today? Let me put my pinky up as I drink my tea. tea. Yeah. <laughs> what teas and crumpets? <laughs> oh, top of the morning to <laughs> you. <laughs> they got like an English accent now. They're from the hood. LBC repping. New York, Queens, whatever. But they got an English accent. Yes. <laughs> I of all accents to go with, that's the one we chose. That's how proper they are. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, cheerio. Cheerio. <laughs> I'll ask him because, you know, since you're my friend. Since, since you guys are besties. Next time I go to next Vegas, time you go to Golden Vegas. Knights game. When I see him at the Golden Knights game, I'll be like, hey, let me ask you a question. John, I'm your Fred. <laughs> when you're at home behind the scenes and you're talking to your lovely wife, what? what? Are we going to go get tea sometime? Can we have high noon? It's going to go and order like, you know, because there's like kind of like the club level bar when you go to like the these hockey games or really any pro game at, at all. And like he's going to go and order like a, you know, martini up with a lemon twist, Love which a... is a splash of vermouth. Martini extra dirty, two olives. <laughs> You're not an olive person. Oh, I hate olives. Why? It's disgusting. It's like a weird... No way. When it was weird, because when I was a kid, I used to put like the black olives on your fingers. I tried. I, it's weird because I do like blue cheese. So even when I go to the bar, like I've tried to order charcuterie. Like no, just because some places, like the fancy bars, have blue cheese stuffed olives, and I love blue cheese. So I tried to eat those green olives that way, and I'm like, nope, this is disgusting. Kalamata olives. Mm. Disgusting. Disgusting. Can we talk baseball tomorrow, then, please? Okay. <laughs> I know Alan is like, dang, I didn't get to like. Okay, I will no, say. No, no, one, no, actually, say. I will say with the last like couple minutes, we will talk about the rules and get into it. And Alan, be prepared to um, teach all of our beautiful people a little bit more about the rules being significant. Like, like bring yourself down a level in terms of your baseball prowess, so that we can try to. Because you know, on this show, we like to try to explain, especially the other world of sports that pe- fans aren't necessarily like. All right. Aware of, so you're going to have to explain it on the lower level to everyone seconds. that listens. Thirty second, just quick no, preview. No, Thirty second, quick start. preview. I wanna, I'll, just pizza no, box bases. No, just pizza boxes. To close just, out the no show, I want to talk about a business side oh, of come on. the major league baseball because we can. I want to talk about real fast, and we can get to it in detail All tomorrow. Right. The payroll disparity among teams because the MLB launched an economic reform committee, in part to address the payroll disparity between. 
major league baseball teams. Why? Because you look at payroll ranges such as the Oakland A's, the future Las Vegas A's though, a $61 million payroll. And you compare that to the New York Mets, $355 million payroll. <laughs> yeah, let me let me tell you how um, this is going big time is like when hockey writers are starting to retweet the baseball financial situation. It's bad. And it's funny because, of, of course, the MLBPA will never agree to like a cap because in baseball, it's a little different. They don't have a hard cap. You can pay the tax, luxury tax or whatever. So there's never going to be a cap. But they're having this committee meeting to try to address and figure out how to yeah, close the gap just a little bit. But we will talk about it in detail tomorrow along with other things. For Alamia, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.